do agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better. been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With KC. And today I'm going to talk about, you know, how do you turn tragedy from a horrific experience, unexpected experience, and turn it into inspiration? And today I have a very special guest joining us, Kristen Savell. Please welcome. Kristen. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am doing great. I'm I've been waiting patiently to have you as a guest <laughs> because your story and you're even an author who wrote several books. Uh, and <laughs> I in it, it was through a, a tragedy that you experienced. So can you explain like first, you know, who you are, where you're from and your journey of the experience that led to this inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm Kristen Stovall and I am the author of the Song of Souls trilogy and also now a prequel, The Twisted Path and another series coming up because apparently I can't stop ever. <laughs> but I was widowed when I was 28. My husband had suffered a traumatic brain injury when he was 18 and just, he suffered from depression due to that and just chronic pain. It was, it was really terrible. Um, actually through a friend, I've kind of come to wonder if he was suffering from something called CPRS as well, uh, but it, it was just constant pain. And after, I think he dealt with that for almost two years when we were married, like when we were engaged and married, after just this chronic pain, he finally ended his own life, which, I mean, that losing someone you love, let alone a spouse, but losing someone you love is difficult. And then when it is by their own hand, when it, it's like a choice, it adds this this layer to it where you ask yourself, well, why was death better than life with me? And I never really blamed myself because we were very good and open with communication. And I knew it wasn't my fault. And I also knew that I had, I'd been fighting for years to try and help him through it, to get him help, to get him on something that, you know, eased the pain, eased the depression. But it did leave me with questions like, why? What was it all for? We were married a year and a half. We we didn't have children. We bought this house and, and we're not going to fill it with a family. And we've lost the holidays and, and an entire life. It felt like it wasn't just Dustin that died. It was the person I was going to be. You know, everything that I had hoped and dreamed for was gone. There were going to be no children, no holidays, nothing. And that I mean, that really throws your life plan out the window. I I did not know what to do with myself. I couldn't understand why I had been given this amazing love, this person that I adored. And he, he was incredible. He was just an inspiring and wonderful person. And then all of a sudden he was gone. But it, I live in a small town and it was very public. And, you know, though he 
he did it out in a public area. So his body was found by strangers and being a small town, this was big news and he was something of a local celebrity. So it was also a fairly public grieving process. And I dealt with people walking down the street and I was sitting on the porch and they, I would hear them talking. Oh, is that the house where they found, you know, where that guy lived? And I, I'm sitting right there and I'm like, nice. Yeah. Classy. And then people starting rumors and just, I I know that the family who found his body had taken pictures and email forwarded it to some people. It got to one of my cousins who told whoever it was that sent it to her off completely. I mean, go Marcy. <laughs> but it created something where I felt pressure to, and, and no one meant to do it, but I felt pressure to be the graceful, dignified widow. And I've never been one who really likes to emote in front of people in terms of like crying and, and things like that. I'm perfectly happy being, well, happy and giggly. But when it comes to processing emotions like grief and anger, I tend to want to sort of back off and do it on my own. I couldn't really do that because everyone knew him and they wanted to know how I was doing. And, you know, and I think reaching out to me was a way of sort of holding on to him and connecting to him still. So I was listening to music and processing through, you know, this is among the time where it was like I would wake up and eat whatever food happened to be there and then go back to sleep. And Netflix was just on always so that there would be noise. But I would hear like pieces of music and, and imagery would come into mind. And what the scene that came into mind was what it would be like if you got to say goodbye to that person. And you've heard everyone say they just wish they could have said goodbye. I mean, that's a pretty common thing to hear when someone passes. So I just had this scene between this young woman and the spirit of the person she loved getting to say goodbye, which then sort of started to build on a story. Who were these people? What happened to him? How did they end up in this place saying goodbye? And the story turned into a book. And then as I kept going, I realized the book is a trilogy. And I had written when I was younger as an older teenager and enjoyed it and kind of played with the idea of, oh, it'd be cool to write my own book someday. <clears throat> but I never really had the idea. But I started working on this and then I started writing it out and it became this very cathartic way to work through my grief and to tell people what I was feeling and how I was feeling, but with this sort of safety net and this screen that it gave me that little bit of distance. So I didn't have, it wasn't me telling the story, you know, it was Aislinn and Rory and these were the people going through it. And it, it just, it was this really great way of processing through, particularly the first book, the second and third, it's, it's a little less about the grieving process. And then I've kind of gotten into the story and what's going on because by that point I'd had a little more distance as well. And, was getting into the swing of things. I'd been through a round of brutal editing. So I was like, I know what I'm doing-ish. <laughs> uh, but it it just became this really great thing. And it actually took me a few years after my husband passed to even begin work on the book because I, I even needed that space. So yeah, I, I wrote these books and it was my tribute to my husband, my goodbye my way of making sure his darkest hour wasn't 
his last chapter. It wasn't the end of his story. I needed to give him and our time a legacy. It just, it was really important to me because we didn't have children that I, I walked away from all of that with some sense of legacy and with some gift that I could give him some way that he would be remembered for not the worst thing that happened to him. And and people who knew him, you know, they're not going to remember him for that horrible dark day. They're going to remember the good times, but I need it not to be the last chapter for him. <laughs> so I decided to write books and give him a lot of chapters. <laughs> wow. And, you know, hearing you, you know, talk and speak, it, seems to me, I mean, I'm very, like, I tap into intuitive things and hear key, key words and whatnot. And, you know, the, the thing that came to mind with me, with you and him, is that his only purpose was just to come into your life to experience this in order to get you to these books. How else would you even think? Did you ever think you were going to write a book? No. I mean, I played with key. it. There was a key <laughs> of that. That's part. That's part of your passion, your creativity, of your essence, of a part of who you are. Yeah. And if nothing happened with him, you would have probably changed. From becoming an author until later, maybe. But what if that whole everything happened to get you to where you are now with these books? Yeah. Yeah. I think about things like that. In fact, I've in the past year had conversations with my mother about that, how I like who I am now and the person I am now is more what I envisioned for myself growing up. I, I mean, he touched a lot of lives and I know he left a lot of good things but in terms of how he relates to the impact he made on my life you know I think that that that's fairly close but I know that he left impacts in a lot of people's lives and he he was one of those people that just you know you met him and and he just stuck out in your mind he was very very popular I'd met him my senior year of high school, we'd done a play together and he was very, very popular. And I was Miss Shy Wallflower. Um, so he, he had a lot of people that he touched their lives. And I remember being very surprised by him once because this was after the play had ended and he was Mr. Popular and we barely spoke. I don't know that we shared two words during the production of this show. Um, but I remember walking into a store and he happened to see me from heaven knows where. And this was before his accident. He didn't really have the same memory issues, but he happened to see me and he came across the store and just started talking to me. Like we were the oldest and best of friends. And I was going, did, did that cute popular guy just talk to me, me? <laughs> so that's, that's who he was. I mean, he just, I think there are a lot of people who he impacted. I think, there are probably hundreds of little things that Dustin lives on through. He was amazing. But yeah, in terms of me, I think uh, he absolutely came into my life to 
nudge me in the right direction and to give me the confidence and and self-worth and strength that I didn't have prior to that. And I, I believe in synchronicities. You know, people come into your life for a reason to mm-hmm. awaken you to, yeah. you know, your true essence, the authenticity, you know, we're all spiritual beings, sexual beings inside of a human being. Yeah. And and there's a a good saying, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. Yeah. I've heard that one. And, you know, and it's amazing, you know, how little things like this are really blessings in disguise. We're just being human. We're emotional beings, especially women. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it, it it's like fascinating to me that you took, you know, and created something from your tragedy. Yeah, yeah. My mom, uh, I called them my book babies because, I mean, they are my babies. I don't have any children, so I can't say that it's the same thing. But um, I did run into a house that I thought was on fire to grab my computer because of the manuscripts and every copy of the books I had because they were my book babies and I could not let them burn in the fire. (laughs) In retrospect, I'm a little bit like, okay, maybe I should have been a little more concerned with my own self, but it's okay. We all made it. The house wasn't on fire. It was just very smoky. (laughs) Oh, wow. And my mom calls them her grand books. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, you know, now that you've, you know, you're doing this with these books and and writing more books, you know, do you feel like creating a new chapter in your life of finding love again and maybe having children? Um, I have come to a point where I I really am starting to think I don't want to be single the rest of my life, but I'm also okay with it if I am. It would just be lovely to spend some time, you know, have someone to spend my later years with. Um, in terms of kids, I'm pretty good where I am without children. But growing up, I said I didn't want kids. And then when my sister had hers and I met Dustin, I wanted them. So... I don't discount it. I am kind of starting to get to the age where, you know, it may not be a biologically possible thing, but right now I don't want children. I don't discount that my mind could change again. I never lock, whenever anybody says they do or don't, I'm like, and that's great. But if you change your mind, that's also fine. You don't have to be locked into a decision you make today, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I think that, you know, because I do, you know, with my show, I always talk about limited beliefs, mental programmings, and even emotional energetic traumas. And I think for the longest time, people were taught to believe that, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, then, you know, you got to get married and have kids. Because that was, if you look back in history, there's a lot of similarities of how it that's that was the the way right right and now yeah. things have evolved and changed so much you don't have to get married if you don't want to I, you don't have, to have kids if you don't want to you, you know? don't have to have the the traditional 9 to 5 
you know, you can just go for what you want to do. Yeah. What you love to do. And, you know, if you love to do something, but you don't have the skills, then go, go get the skills, master the skills. So you could do what you want to do. And if you start doing it and you don't love it, then it's okay to change your mind and do something else. I think we kind of get locked in this headspace where it's like we decide we have to make this life plan for ourselves and then stick with it. And if we change our minds, we're somehow fickle or we've failed. And I really think a lot of times when we change our minds, it's just that we've grown. You know, we've grown and we've learned, well, maybe this isn't what I'm passionate about. Maybe this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. I don't feel like I'm in the right place. And then there are some people who never really find the feeling that they're in the right place. And that's got to be really, really hard. I'm in a place where I'm like, this is what I was meant to do. And it's amazing. I, I feel great. I feel like myself for the first time in my life. Like I'm really myself. And you know what? It's, it's funny because I grew up in the 80s and everyone was like, you know, either go into, you know, the military or, you know, become a lawyer or become a nurse or, you know, in those fields. And I didn't know what I wanted to do at, you know, 18. Who does really? <laughs> yeah. Like we, we might know? think we know, but. <laughs> but then they following what their parents tell them to do. Mm. And then a lot of them are miserable. They don't feel yeah. fulfilled. They hate their jobs. And then I'll right. understand, like, well, that's a belief. You like you're living somebody else's life based on the belief system and the program. Granted, they they might have had good intentions because they want you to have a better life than what they did growing up, but but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's for you. Right. Doesn't mean that that shoe fit. <laughs> you, you know, and I didn't find out what I was truly passionate about until I was in my forties. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got married, had kids and, you know, I had to get a job and do, do all this stuff. And honestly, I, I loved being a mom. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I went through abuse and I was just thinking like, is this it? Like, if this is it, I don't want to be here. You know, is there uh, something more in life than what I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing? Because I want to know the truth on that. Because this isn't, it, it didn't feel right. It just felt like, oh, struggling just to live and put up with what I was putting up with. It felt like surviving and not living. Yes. And I think majority of the people, that that's the, I guess that matrix program, if you want to call it. That's where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes that's where you have to be at. Sometimes survival is what you have to shoot for because that's what you've got. But, uh, but not staying at 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's seeing the, the doorways and the windows opening when they do and knowing when to go through them, you know, and, but it's tricky. It's hard to tell, you know, I can look at someone and think that that's what they're living, that it's just survival, but I don't know all the details of what's going on for them. I don't know what might be stopping them, what might be pushing them forward. So I mostly just try to listen, (laughs) you know, and if someone asks me for advice, I'm, I try to be careful 
and what I say and how I present it so that it doesn't come off as a judgment on what they already have. So. Right. And usually, you know, I, I, I actually, you know, share this with people. It's like, you know, life is just an experience. Mm-hmm. How yeah. would you know any difference? Right. Between right. what is good for you and what isn't good for you. You got to experience both in order to figure it out then you gain wisdom then you gain understanding and now you have knowledge right right you can resonate and show compassion to somebody else because you can say yeah i've been through that i know that sucked yeah oh yes that was a you know amazing experience i know exactly what you're talking about that's where compassion really goes in together Yeah. It's like um, uh, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I'm actually grateful that I struggled in my 20s and my 30s, which are almost over. But I'm grateful that I had struggles that it because it it helped me to know how to look beyond the little blip of my own circumstances. It helped me to realize there is pain around me and but that you know that and that there's joy around me too and i'm just really grateful that it, it wasn't easy for me i'm grateful that it wasn't handed to me and i'm sure that people who did have it, i mean i don't think anybody has it easy it's just an outside perspective says that they do but i'm sure that there are people who by other people's standards had it easy who are also incredibly compassionate and get it i just feel like i needed those difficulties to get it i think maybe i just had to have it kind of whacked into my skull a little bit <laughs> i have to pay attention to out there right and then it also taught me though what is the point of success if you don't use it to help others because you can't take it with you you can't take the money and and whatever you get from your success with you when you're gone it stays here or it just disappears but if you use it to do good that has a ripple effect that remains even after you're gone. Wow. And, you know, going through, you know, writing these books and the process, you know, you mentioned that it, it helps you get through your emotions. Um, Do you also feel like it was the healing from the mourning and grieving from writing your books? Yeah, it was, it absolutely was healing and it was healing and it was also direction, which I think is part of healing. It was giving me a purpose and a plan, which I need my plans. <laughs> I have to have those, but it, it was absolutely healing. It, it helped. I mean, the wound will always be there. When you lose someone, it, it's always there. It leaves an imprint. It's always going to be there. But it gave me the ability to smile through it, to be grateful for the good times and not just feel the hurt. And I think that is part of healing and moving through grieving is learning how to allow the good and the happiness to outweigh the horrible depth and and pain of the loss so it definitely 
was a big part of that. And I did therapy and everything after my husband passed. And and that was helpful. And I'm sure that it did help get me to where I needed to be. But the thing that really propelled me forward was writing the books and finding that sense of purpose. And would this be in, in a good way of helping others through your books, through, you know, telling a story that, you know, you, you, it's um, soul bound, soul fire and boundless. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I hear those words, it's like soulmates. It's a spiritual yeah. essence of a yeah. male energy and a female energy. That yeah, and that's actually, there are soulmates in themselves around that. And the connection between their souls. And that's why she has the ability to heal after he passes away. Because their souls are connected. So it's, it's to me, like I, you know, me understanding more about death and it's truly a beginning. It's like, you know, this is just a temporary shell, but my soul, my spirit, the true essence of who I am is beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I can ever imagine. Right. Yeah. And when you get back to that true essence, you're truly free. Yep. <laughs> I absolutely believe that and agree with it. Yeah. And it's, you know, the soul never dies. Nope. And it's always around. Yeah. So, and I've, you know, what helped wake me up is, you know, some of the experiences that I've had, you know, you could say ghost, you know, paranormal, whatever. But once you have that kind of experience, you can't, it changes your whole, what you believed was like, oh no, <laughs> I had it all <laughs> wrong. There's something else to this, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I saw a good movie. I talked to dead people or I hear dead people, you know, with okay. Bruce Willis and that little kid. Oh uh, yeah. The sixth sense. Sense. Yes. So yeah. it's totally and I love how movies can give you clues and insight of things that you never would think, like yeah. if they were real or not, or, oh, that's just Hollywood. Well, no, some of but that- But it's still wow, part of the, the arts. I'm seeing yeah. the connections now, like, wait, hold up a second. <laughs> And it's still you part know? of the arts, and I think artistic endeavors tend to tap into the soul of it. Yes. So, do you feel that there might be um, some movies in the making from your books? <laughs> well, they're not in the making at the moment or anything, but I would love that. I mean, I always mentally cast them anyway, but I, I would absolutely love that. I, when I was younger, and this was, you know, under 18, I of course wanted to be an, an actress and, and all of that. And I used to do theater and I realized that really what I wanted to do was tell stories as I kind of processed and came to understand myself better and what it was that appealed. But uh, so there's still that love of the cinema and the visual art of storytelling. And I would adore seeing 
this these books made into movies. Uh, I love Lord of the Rings. So Peter Jackson, if by any chance you ever, ever see any of these podcasts, give me a call. <laughs> get the books first. You know, yeah, get, get the books and give me a call. And then let's go to New Zealand. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that so would be a dream come true. I would love to get, because Dustin wanted to be a director, I would love to get him a posthumous director's credit. That's kind of one of my little goals in the back of my mind is if I can get these made into movies, then I could make that dream real for him. Like he could have that, even though it's posthumous and he didn't actually direct, if I could just get him that, that would be incredible. I would I would be in that movie theater crying like a complete goober <laughs> every With time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, whole box, not just one or two, whole box. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you something. Even during the process of, of, of writing your books, do you do you ever have like uh have you and still do like these little paranormal kind of experience like you felt his presence or something will happen and you see it and you're not going crazy but it's just tied in with him like he's there doing something to get your attention i would say probably it was mostly just with the first book and the the formation of the idea and then after that i did get to more of the technical aspects of it and writing it and getting it all set down i do know that when i'm in the zone i have no clue of the world outside me. I remember there was one afternoon my mother had come for lunch and my mother lives with me because shortly after my husband passed away a few years later, my father did as well. And I was like, mom, you're living in a farmhouse. It's falling apart. I have a house that I wanted to fill with family. Guess what? Your family come live with me. So she was working and came home at lunchtime and I was working, you know, typing away. And then she left and I swear a half an hour later she came back, but apparently it was hours later and it was time for her to be done for the day. So I lose all track of time. So I don't necessarily, I'm not always necessarily aware of anything outside of what I'm writing because I'm just, I'm in it. And then I, I hear my characters. I can hear, I know what their voices sound like. I know how they would say something, what the inflection is. So I don't know, maybe sometimes that kind of blocks out any kind of extrasensory perception as well. But I was certainly with the formation of the idea. And maybe maybe there's been more of a hand in that than I realize. But I, I usually tend to be very, very focused and like plugged into what I'm doing when I'm writing. Until I'm editing and then I'm watching cat videos on YouTube. Cat videos on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, cat. It's, it's like, oh, look at this cat. Cat fails. I'm going to, I should watch this. This is. This is inspiring. I'm not procrastinating. (laughs) (laughs) Look, squirrel. Exactly. Anything to not be editing. (laughs) But it's been different with this series that I'm working on because I'm writing it with someone. So I, I don't quite plug in in the same way. Oh. Because I have to pay attention to other people. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're not editing, when you're not writing, when you're not in that zone, do you recall any, like, 
experiences like oh that's you dustin i know that's you oh i yeah there are definitely times i feel him around particularly if i'm feeling very sad i'll feel like he's there i'll just feel comforted or a really interesting experience shortly after he died and this was like between the time that they'd found him and we had the funeral i had taken his cologne to the funeral home because he'd smelled very chemically you know for obvious reasons and so i gave him the cologne that, so that they could spray him with it and kind of help so he didn't smell like a permanent marker um the cologne was there i was at home his sister was with me and I walked into my kitchen and in front of my refrigerator, you could just smell his cologne. It was very, very strong. The stuff wasn't even in the house. And I thought, okay, okay. This may be just my imagination. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm bereaved at the moment. I want him to be here. So I, I called her in and there were a few other people around as well. And I can't remember who they were, but I called her in and I was like, come here, come here, come here. Do you, do you smell this? Do you smell his cologne? And, and she was like, oh my God. Yes. I mean, it was strong. So there, there was that. And then occasionally the light switch to the stairs in my house will just, it would just turn on or off. I always keep it off. Occasionally it would just turn on. And this was, I have a door over there now, but this was before that door was there and I'd be sitting in my living room watching TV or something and the light would just come on. And from the moment I've lived in this house, there've been footsteps. You'll, you'll be downstairs and you'll hear what sounds like people walking upstairs or a sudden crash, like someone has fallen upstairs. And those weirdly sort of, the crashes stopped after he died but i still hear the footsteps every once in a while my mo my mother has heard them as well i've had a few people who have like somebody came over to visit and they heard them and it really freaked freaked them out and i was like well i mean nothing bad's ever happened to me physically here i'm i think we're good <laughs> you know? now did you have these kind of experiences when dustin was alive in the house or was this yeah the the crashes happened when he was alive. They stopped after he passed away. But we both had heard people like walking around upstairs. And this is apparently one of the older houses in the town that I live in. So. Well, then but. did you ever have like somebody come to the house and, you know, talk to the ghost for you of who it is? Did you find out the history of your house? Who was there prior? Um. I just know a little bit of history of the house, but I, it, it's really just sort of like the, when it was built, but I've never had anybody come over. I just, you know, I, it doesn't bother me. They can, I'm a very private person, so I'm not going to be nosy with them. <laughs> they can have their privacy too. <laughs> they behave themselves. So I just figure, I figure, you know, as long as we're all behaving ourselves, let's, we're good. You know, we're good. Nobody's freaking out. Nobody's doing anything on We're good. <laughs> right. So then, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very live and let after live. I don't know. <laughs> well, then it just goes to show you, you know, there's things that we just can't see. But we can hear if you pay attention to I also, Yeah, I like I like the theory that all 
um, points in time and space exist at the same time as well. So mm -hmm. I, sometimes I wonder, are those, is it, is it a ghost or is it just like the, the thin veil between the, you know, everything happening at once? Is it just like that thin veil sort of separating just enough so that they're kind of connecting a little bit, you know? I, I think that's a very interesting theory and idea. Well, and also, I mean, because, you know, I, I've studied and research and I, I, I become a history geek. And then I also study about, you know, the paranormal and, you know, the ghosts and, and things like that. And I was like, okay, if they're on the other side, you know, because I feel them. Right. You know, and I was like, so what does it look like to them? Is everything still like in their mind or in the same? Maybe like, we look like the guys, but they're still looking at it as when the last thing that they saw when they were still mm -hmm. alive, kind of thing. How the furniture looked, how you know, is it a 3D kind of vision? Like, you know, how you go to the 3D movies, is that how it yeah. looked? kind of yeah. thing so i've always been curious about that like so what is it like to be on the other side apparently <laughs> 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 because i i could hear you and you're making things move and whatnot so uh okay <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, i haven't ever given that any thought but uh, that's interesting i wonder what it is like maybe we look like the ghosts <laughs> Well, it's like, especially if, you know, I, I know people that actually communicate with lost loved ones that are on the other side. They, you know, they feel like I didn't get to say goodbye or I want them to know that I'm okay. You know, yeah. there, there's people that are gifted in that, mm -hmm. you know, that have that way of communicating with them. And I was just like, wow. And some of them can see them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and then I had somebody because my father died unexpectedly. And yeah. there was like little things that would show up and it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that was that, that that's my dad. And I was like, so does my dad look like how I perceived him? where he was or right. can I perceive him, you know, in his younger years, is he going to present himself to me in, you know, which way older and bald or younger with hair, you know, <laughs> so, maybe he can do both and it just depends on who he's, he's right. visiting with. So I find that fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, being For on sure. the other side. And I know Dustin is free and happy and mm -hmm. he's not suffering. Right. He's not hurting. He doesn't have to walk with a limp anymore. He he gets to be the person he wanted to be. The version of himself that he loved. I loved the version of him that, that did have those difficulties because that was the Dustin that I fell in love with and married. But he was never quite satisfied with that. So... You used to tell him to stop being mean to the person I loved. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good insight. Yeah. Stop being yeah. mean to the person you love. 
Yeah, stop being mean. And I now have a rule where if my friends start, you know, bashing themselves, and we're all guilty of being like, oh my God, I look terrible and stuff like that. We're all guilty of doing this sometimes. But I've gotten to the point where I stop myself and go, mm. But if I have a friend that's doing it, instead of telling them not to or being like, oh, no, you're not, I'll start doing it to myself. And then when they give me the, oh, no, you're not, I'll go, oh, well, if I can't say that about myself, you can't say it about yourself. Oh, reverse psychology. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh. <laughs> and that usually gets them to stop. But, you know, don't, in my opinion, you should never say something about yourself that you wouldn't say about a friend or that you wouldn't let a friend say about themselves because then you're just being a hypocrite. Well, not only that, but I mean, we're all divine beings. Yeah. You know, yeah. and when you say i am the next words that come you know is it life or is it death that you're speaking over yourself and then when if i said something negative to you all it's doing is a boomerang effect and it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you so why yeah. even do that i don't i don't get how people are are so mean with their words and you know it it's like why not speak life and bless that person you don't know what they're going yeah. through you don't know where their mindset is and you know there's so much hatred and so much separation yeah and it's it's so energy i can't stand it if you're not with me you're against me it's them against us and i just there's no middle ground on anything ever it's it's very black and white and i'm like okay but we are complex beings and this is a complex world and i don't understand why this is so black and white <laughs> it's just well, it's a program yeah and then if you feed into it's like you know some of the social media and then you get that oh, news media, media. And well, and the thing too with social media is it's it's just a screen, and you're not looking at the person and the impact. You're looking at these words you put on the screen and this this little profile picture, and you don't see the impact. You don't see the effect of what you're saying and how you're saying it. And and you, if you're not careful with your words, it can come out so much more harsh than you intend it to. So I just on social media, I'm like, nope, it is funny memes my books and positivity uh, that's it that's that's what i use it for and beyond that no <laughs> yeah and uh, that's what i use my social media is for my podcast for my shows something positive um yeah. you know and someone told i was remember watching a master class and this person's like you know we all have our own truths and it's when you go on discovering your own truth, then other people's truths don't line up with yours. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, but if we're all connected to uh, uh, something greater and, and a, a source of something, we're all connected. There's. You know, I look at everybody like you are a goddess in this human form. You yeah. know, in a way, we're all gods and goddesses. 
you know, different colors, different shapes, different sizes, and having a God experience and the, and the human form that we're all in. So if we could wake up that, Hey, yeah, we are all gods and goddesses and we're all connected. We need to start getting along because if we do that, that changes the energy, it more positivity mm-hmm. and there's no need for fighting. And Right. And it's easy to be loving and kind to the people you like and agree with. It's easy to be compassionate to the people you like and agree with. And that doesn't necessarily make you a compassionate person. It just means you love the people that, you know, they're easy to like. It's when you can extend that to the people that you don't like and the people you don't agree with. And you can stop and pull back and go, oh, you're a person still. Even though I don't like what you're saying and I don't agree with it, you're a person still. And I need to remember that when I interact with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I've gotten into our, well, debates on we certain things that I believe. In this day and age. And you know what? <laughs> I just finally, like, I wasn't going to get mad or upset. I'm like, you know what? Let's just agree that it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Right. Right. Well, we have to, we, we process the world in different ways. I, because I've got a lot of friends and I have some that, you know, they'll share things like, don't say everything happens for a purpose. Cause it, it, it doesn't help people. It's, it's toxic. That's I'm paraphrasing. But so I just responded with, I, I never open with that. But if somebody says that about their own tragedy and their own difficulties, then I'm going to support it because they've found comfort in that idea. They've found comfort in that it it had a purpose. And some people don't, you know, and, and so I never say it to someone. I kind of wait and feel out if they're going to say it and then I'll support it. And if they go a different route, I'll listen and support that or maybe sort of offer, you know, my perspective. But I try to do it in a way that's not saying you have to agree with me, but, oh, well, this is how I, I perceive this. This is how I operate through this. Maybe, maybe something of that nature would help you. But I always try to do that, like me speech, as opposed to the, you do it speech, (laughs) you know, offer it as an option rather than a a rule. (laughs) I think we need to do more with each other. Right. And then sometimes like, you know, being a coach, it's like, oh, well, what about this? Or, mm-hmm. hey, you know, why not look at it in this perspective and go right. through the scenario? Right. You know, or right. what if da 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 Exactly. <laughs> Options. Let's juggle. See which yeah. one works and best. Like, oh. <laughs> and a lot of times like, oh, wow, you got a good point there. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what's really cool is you, you grow that way, too, because then they offer you their perspectives and you're like, oh, I feel that I can now approach this with an even more informed mindset. Right. And it just being open up to and I've learned because of mastermind groups. Is sometimes when you're dealing with a situation or a problem that you just can't figure it out, then synchronicities, especially in the mastermind groups, you'll go in and that 
person has the answer to the right. of what you're trying to and that's amazing like oh wow yes that's it oh thank you and i'll go back to my you know my little drawing board and then sort it out and then somebody else will bring in a key i call them keys to get okay, into where yeah. i need to go because yeah, that's luck i can't think of the how to go about making that next move in order mm. of accomplishing what i want in my goal right that's and something i've definitely been experiencing with my co-author is like one of us will get stuck and the other one will be like got it <laughs> or they'll say one thing and, and we'll just go oh right and that's fast that's the beauty of you know interacting with people yeah like but we're so close-minded and so stuck in the the negativity things of hearing about it, it becomes so familiar that you programmed your body you programmed your mind you can't see the synchronicities and the opportunities from other people that want to help and guide you just by giving you a message and then you have a message for them too yeah yeah so, so i love the books um Cel celestine prophecy okay. very good book saw the movie too the book is more detailed and i i love listening to like i'll read the book but then for some reason i'm into audiobooks now <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are. I hear that a lot. When are you going to do audiobooks? And I'm like, when I can. <laughs> Although the first book, Soulbound, is being made into an audiobook. So Ooh, I think <laughs> I, we don't have a release date yet, but she's been working, just plugging away at it. And it's the, the uh, narrator is doing a phenomenal job. And it's someone I know. So I'm really excited that. You know, she's beginning this path of trying to become an, an audiobook narrator. And I've got these books and I'm just excited that I can go, hey, let me help you. <laughs> let me give you an opportunity that might help propel you forward and build your portfolio. I love when my books can help. I've donated signed copies to charity raffles and things like that. And I love hearing from people that reading through that grieving process helped them because that's another thing. Like if I can bring something positive uh, from the horrible thing that happened, that's really important to me. Again, it's like I was saying, if you don't use your success to help others, what's the point? Uh, so, And yeah. I've heard that saying, you know, and I follow it from, you know, millionaire mindsets and, you know, people like uh, Tony Robbins, Dean Craziozzi, um t harv hecker you know there you know in order for me to be, be successful i have to help you be successful mm, yeah and i've been in affiliated marketing and you know direct sales and it's like you always have to lift other people up in order for you to be up in order right. to be a leader you got to be a team player yeah yeah so, and, you know, people come into your life to help you. It, it, it just goes in tangent together, mm -hmm. you know, working together. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Which is a little tough sometimes as an introvert because you're just like, I have peopled enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be both. I could play introvert yeah. and I can play extrovert. 
So you're an ambivert. <laughs> uh, there's times where I just want to be an introvert and become a hermit. You know, there's a, a tarot card about a hermit. Hermit goes inside and, you know, seeks solitude in order to learn, get understanding, you know, kind of thing. So everyone has a season of being that because it's to help you. <laughs> Then yeah. when you're done, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go outside. You know, like the bears hibernate in the winter. Yeah. We're yeah. like, hey, I'm like alive. I'm hungry. I want to, you know, oh, the sunshine and whatnot. It's almost yeah. the same. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely be, I'm an introvert by nature. That's definitely my default, but there are scenarios in which I can be very extroverted. If it's uh, like a Comic-Con where I can have a costume on and I've got that little, it's like this little protective bubble where I can still hold that little part of myself quiet and alone. And then anything to do with my books, I can be very extroverted because I'm so passionate about it that like I just get excited. And I mean, I'm... If it ever does get made, if they are ever made into movies, I'm going to be the worst person on interviews because I will tell people everything. I really have to think about not telling people everything when it comes to my books. That's how extroverted I'll get. I'll be like, let me tell you how it ends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you this amazing <laughs> twist that I came up with. I maybe shouldn't have done that because I might have ruined it for you. <laughs> I've gotten better. <laughs> Oh, I know. I, I do that with surprising my loved ones. I get so excited. <laughs> I kid you not. When it comes to their birthdays or Christmas, I wind up inadvertently spitting it out. <laughs> or I am like a little kid and I'm so excited that I got them this gift and I just can't hold on to it anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to tell you because da, 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 da. Yep. Yep. I, I get that way too. I get very excited about the surprise. I've gotten better about holding back, but I get very excited about the surprises. I love, yeah, it's just, it's exciting to me. <laughs> I just, there's like a wind chime outside the window in front of me and it's fluttering around and I was going, is that a bird or the wind chime? So I spaced out there for a second on you. <laughs> That's just fluttering. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, yeah, I just, I can't help myself sometimes. Oh, it's, it's, just, I don't know. I really just like seeing that moment of excitement or when their eyes light up and, you know. Yes. That, that's the experience. Mm -hmm. But it's like the inner child in me is too <laughs> obnoxious and excited. That <laughs> going ahead and just give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, just have this now. <laughs> yeah. And my, my partner, my boyfriend, he's like, oh, my God. I had a, a surprise for him for Christmas, but it came early. So I'm sitting there <laughs> looking at it going, oh God, I'm not like, I don't have the wrapping paper and you know what? He's going through this transition and I'm already thinking of the excuses of why to go ahead to give it to him. <laughs> so, yeah. and I wind up, I'm like, okay, you know, you're going through this transition and you sort of like need it. And, um, I need to make room in our place anyway. So <laughs> we'll think of any excuse. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Why don't we wait till Christmas? I'm like, well, and I thought he was actually 
meeting before Christmas. So I wasn't too sure. Right. So I just threw that excuse in too. I'm like, well, I don't know if you <laughs> know. I'd just rather give it to you now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you just wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you just want to give it to me, don't you? And I'm like, well, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, that is a thing I know well. I've gotten better. Usually what will pull me back is I'll go. But if I give it to them now, on that special day, they won't have anything. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. It's just a riot. Some <laughs> of my kids think I'm a riot. I've been doing better with the kids than I with my own partner, though. <laughs> so I find that, like, hey, I'm a work in progress. I just need a... <laughs> Well, the dynamics of a parent-child relationship are different than a, the dynamics of a partnership as well. So Yeah, that, you got a point there. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> but I know yeah. I have um, all your books and everything, your website, Thank your you. social yeah. media stuff is listed in the show notes in the description. So if And anyone... I sent you the cover of the, the newest one, which you're the first podcast that's gotten that cover <laughs> oh really yeah yeah the other ones i had already sent the information to and everything was you know done really and like i got the cover like right before i did the interview and i just didn't think of it but i was like oh oh i have a new shiny <laughs> let me send her the new shiny well i put the the three visuals of the books for the thumbnail Awesome. So, cool, cool. So that way, because we've been talking about these books, so they got a visual yeah. of, oh, those are the books she's, oh, wow, that looks interesting. So it piques their interest. And I mean, yeah. anybody <laughs> that has, you know, dealing with a loss or a grief, especially in, right. in what's going on around the world and whatnot, let yeah. this be a tool to help you in your grieving and mourning, let it inspire you to think of it and, and, and go through a different experience of it in order to, for the healing to begin. Don't stay. The trilogy definitely healed that Grieving, because I think a, I I know a few people that are still stuck in that. Mm. They just it, it 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 has consumed them to that's it, 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 it's sad. Yeah. And he, he, it's a long, difficult process, and there's no handbook for it. And everybody goes through the different periods at a different pace. It's just, you know, it's hard. But the the trilogy definitely deals with that more. And then the the prequel is just uh, that was a lot of I'm gonna train myself a little bit. I'm gonna push myself. And I also want to get this world building out. So the Twisted Path is the one that just came out. And then the series I'm working on with my friend who and co-authored, San, Jennifer Sanders. It's totally different. And that, that one's called The Fae Touched Chronicles. And I don't, we don't really get into that level. They're, they're for fun. You have to have for fun. And the thing is, even if I'm writing it for fun, it might have something that help someone through whatever they're going through. I never discount, even if it just seems like, oh, I just wrote this for fun. It doesn't mean that it's not going to impact somebody else in, in some deeper way. 
Yeah, just another insight, another perspective on, you know, being in this life. Yeah. So I congratulate you. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Maybe you've come a long way. And now (laughs) you're right where you're meant to be, shining your light and love. And you're doing it through books. And yeah, there will be a movie out. We just don't know when. (laughs) Yeah, I always, I don't say if about things that I'm really passionate about. I say when. I just put that energy out there that not if, because if gives it that wiggle room. Yeah. If gives it wiggle room, but when says, Nope, this is happening. If and hope I take out of my vocabulary because it's, you're doubting what you're creating in your visualization and, and what you vision. Then when you say the words, oh, well, if this happens, or I hope, it's a self-sabotaging. So, wow, okay, that I'd like to experience. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know because I see and I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And me, it's like, I'm going to make it happen. (laughs) I decided I want this thing. I'm going to go get it. You're going to experience it. It's just you don't know when. And that's okay. Yeah. You've already done the movie in your visualization. While you were creating the books, the movie was already being played. It's in the spirit realm, the energetic realm. And now Mm -hmm. you got a couple more things and then everything lines up and then boom. When it's the right time, it will happen. Yep. And I look forward to it. Me too. <laughs> really look forward to that. <laughs> it, I, it, it is. I could just imagine it. Like the 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 special effects that are going to take place. And, and yeah. Music. I hear the score in my head, you know. <laughs> I always, always hear that score. <laughs> Aw. Well, I... It was truly a pleasure having you on the show. I wish you the best of success success, and <laughs> this amazing journey that you're on. And I, it, it's truly an honor to meet somebody that has transformed their life and living their true authenticity. Thank you. And it's it's I, I want to have you back on the show when you get the other book published. We'll, you know, touch base on all the books and what the, you know, the next books are going to be about. And I'll keep that cover that I have uh, on it and just let me know when, and I'll get you back on this show, girl. Yeah. Maybe I can drag my co-author in as well. (laughs) Yes. We could do a a three-way kind of virtual talk show. I would love to have her like what inspired you to you know, the, the, how did you guys meet and then go through the spill right. of right. You know, this amazing journey that both of you are on now? <laughs> it's been a long one, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth I wish you, it. Yes. I wish you the very best of success and like just everything as well. Well, I, I finally found it when I was in my forties and now I'm actually doing it. Just, it, just the timing of everything, how it just worked out. And I really well, love being a talk show host. I love talking to interesting people. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be 40 on the 7th. So I think, you know, it happens when it's the right time. Yeah. When you've learned the things you need to learn to really achieve it, that's that's when it happens. You yeah. just have to pay attention. And my daughter's birthday's on the 6th. Oh, yay! I'm actually going to be visiting my brother. We, we both have birthdays in January, so I'm going to go down and visit him. I'll be in uh, Florida for... <gasps> Some Where of that. Are you in Florida. I'm in Florida. Uh, I'm going to go. My brother and I both have January birthdays. So I'm flying down on the 6th. And then on the 10th, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have fun. I'm going to Universal. Oh, fun. Fun. Are you in that area? Yeah. I live in, in West Palm Beach area. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we're going to go down. Uh, that we're going to drive down from Mobile, Alabama on the 10th and then head home on the 15th. And this will actually be my second Disney World trip. Uh, I got to go for the very first time in September with my co-author, actually. And, and her daughter was with us as well. And they just made it really, really special. It was it was an amazing trip. <laughs> I love having experience. I look forward to having this experience with both my daughters because I've always wanted to take my youngest. She's into that Hogwarts thing and what. Oh name. yeah, yeah, so, the, the Harry Potter stuff. And now I, I kept saying, "We're gonna go, we're gonna go." I just couldn't tell you when. And now it's happening. I'm like, oh, "We're finally doing it!" I want to get my own wand and I want to go on that ride. <laughs> that was me with Disney World. I was like, "I'm gonna meet Cinderella." <laughs> Because the, I've always loved Cinderella, and then the live-action movie had this amazing message, which was um, "Have courage and be kind," which I just I love. I love that. I, it also had Richard Madden in it, which I also love. <laughs> I also loved that aspect on a more superficial level. <laughs> but uh, it was the "Have courage and be kind," and that's what I try to live my life with. That kind of I try to make that my motto. And and I, I always loved Disney World, but I was very disappointed when I the last time I went there, I loved the Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, where you're in that oh. submarine and it was like you see Zeus. I loved that. Oh. <laughs> and when I went back, it, they changed everything around. I'm like, why did you change that? Like, why couldn't you just keep that? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I went, September was my first time. So I kind of had no, This is back the, when the I was only kid, thing I had brother. in my mind was it will be magical. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Haunted Mansion, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that one I got drenched. Oh my gosh. And then the Thunder, Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. And that Flash was my Mountain. favorite. Big Thunder. Space Mountain was my favorite roller coaster. <laughs> I loved it because it's all dark and you're just like, you don't know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you're just going very fast. <laughs> and it's still, it is always a magical thing. So I'll, you know, but I, I just, I don't have to be there every month. I don't have to be there every weekend. You know, I, there's some people that are just so, and I'm like, wow interesting <laughs> i mean if that's what makes them happy you know maybe I, I they just, just need to be a kid every weekend for 45 minutes <laughs> like, 
lucked out. We didn't actually have to do that even once. We did not have to. I think the longest we were in line was 20 minutes. It was crazy. Wow. I picked the right days. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the Epic, and then you have, what, the Blizzard Island? I mean, they expanded I, it so much that now they got, like, the Island Beach Blizzard where water. Yeah, falls. we didn't do any of that stuff. I don't like public pools. I just, I'm like, I don't know the people that have been in it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> A water thing have to drive me insane. <laughs> oh, well, it's it is truly a magical place. Yeah. You know? And it it's just an experience to have with people that you love to have an experience with. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, have fun in Disney World. I'll be thinking of you when I'm in Universal. All right. <laughs> Happy birthday, you and your brother. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to your daughter as well. <laughs> yeah, she's 22. Ah, it's a good age. <laughs> oh, definitely. Right. Thank you again, Kristen. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you go. What an inspiration interview. And you know what? I encourage you, you know, go check out her books, you know, Snow, Soulbound, Soulfire, and Boundless. And be inspired. You can transform your life too and heal as well. So like I say, you never know who I'm going to get on this show. So stay tuned. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>